This episode of 1801 Live was originally recorded during a 12-hour podcast-a-thon streamed live on August 28th from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The Give Black Podcast-a-thon benefited U of SC's One Creed, One Carolina campaign, which supports initiatives that elevate and encourage black students, faculty, and staff. Together, our five hosts and over 20 guests helped raise more than $10,000 for the campaign over 12 hours. Find more information on the podcast-a-thon and the link to donate at www.garnetmedia.org slash giveblack. Love that. It looks like we might have our next, our next guest here, so let's go ahead. Hi, Lindsay. Having such technical difficulties for some reason the video link would not work which i was so bummed because i spent this morning like getting my apartment ready for it <laughs> <laughs> you're so fine we're just glad that you can come on i know a few other guests and having technical difficulties too so it might be the zoom aspect and not on you but nevertheless you are here we're so excited to chat with you for the time being but how are you <laughs> i'm doing well how about yourself doing well i know we talked a little bit before you came about how we met for the first time in New York and you showed us a nice area and just we just talked about all things U of SC and all that you were able to accomplish. So it's great to reunite and uh, talk again. Yeah, it's great to be back with you guys. Um, I was really like honored that you guys reached out. Um, I love any time to connect to the university. I don't always get down as much as I want to anymore. So this is great. Lindsay, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about sort of what you're, and Hannah alluded to it, but if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about sort of what you do now and, and how you sort of used your, your Gamecock degree to have an impact and, and really further your professional and, and personal goals. Sure. So um, I'm, a, I'm a class of 2015 graduate of the university and a 2018 graduate of the law school. I currently reside in New York, New York, um, where I practice corporate law specifically. I do mergers and acquisitions for private equity companies and their portfolio companies, um, ranging across a lot of different industries from sports, entertainment, um, healthcare, um, data, privacy and security, as well as intellectual property. So kind of get to dabble here and there, um, but I love my job. It allows me to continually be curious, um, which I think is important for any person pursuing a career is that you find something that always keeps you engaged. Um, but the university, I think, prepared me a lot for, especially with my roles in like student government um, and courses I took and the professors I had for, I guess, kind of what I do now. So um, without getting like too granular into the specifics of like the legal world, um, my job kind of is very team oriented. We're always moving to reach a common goal. Um, usually when companies are buying and selling each other, um, everyone is at least trying to work together in some aspect. Of course, there's like adversarial aspects to that, but at the end of the day, everyone wants the deal done. And it kind of reminds me of my time in like student government when we would have projects and initiatives. At the end of the day, everyone wanted something to happen. Um, it was just a matter of finding that common ground and bringing people together and kind of learning how to compromise and learning when to stand your ground. So um, I guess in that respect, I do feel very um, thankful for a lot of my time and the leadership skills that I was able to pick up while I was there. Absolutely. And I know that we mentioned it earlier, but it's one of my favorite stories. I've heard so many great stories um, this all throughout the day, but the story about, and you've done a lot um, as student body president when you were a student, but the story about the Carolina closet. So if you don't mind, 
sharing everyone how you came up with the idea and how it all came about. Yeah, so um, the Carolina Closet um, was a big passion project of mine while I was at the university. Um, and it's still one of the things um, that I am interested in seeing the university continue to improve and expand on because um, I think at the end of the day, one of the big jobs of our university is to make sure that all students of all backgrounds have access to the greatest heights of their career, um, rather than supporting them in interviews, rather than supporting them in internships. I think one way the university can add value and add equity is making sure that students, no matter what their socioeconomic status, have that access. And so the Carolina Closet came about, um, I started as an RM when I was at the university, um, which was a lot of fun, a lot of late night, but a lot of fun nonetheless. Um, and I got really close to a lot of my residents. I worked um, in the women's club for one year, and then I did Patterson Hall for a second year. Um, and I just remember, um, it's like late one night when I was like the RM on duty, which <laughs> I think anyone who's an RM knows is probably like not like your favorite time of being an RM, but um, it's something that's necessary. But I was on duty, just hanging out in my dorm. Um, and one of my residents had come and she was really upset, um, like just very like stressed out, very distraught um, because she had a big interview the next day, uh, but she didn't own a suit. And to me, that was a moment where I kind of realized that everyone comes to the university on, from different circumstances. They all have different stories, different backgrounds. And I think sometimes like when you're cheering in Williams Bryce or when you're going to an event at Russell House, you forget that everyone has their own unique struggle and it might not look like yours. Um, and so that was kind of a very like humbling moment for me to kind of reel back and realize that no, everyone needs support. And so luckily we happen to be similarly sized. I just want her one of my suits. Um, but at that moment, I kind of wondered what else I could do to prevent something like that from happening to another student um, and to make sure that students, no matter where they came from or no matter what their wallets look like, they would be able to pursue those opportunities that would be meaningful for their career for the rest of their lives. And so that's how the idea was born. Um, and spent most of my senior year negotiating with different departments on campus, um, outside community stakeholders, trying to secure um, donations, but it ended up coming um, to fruition at the very end of my term. I think we did the ribbon cutting literally on the inauguration day at the next student body president. Um, and it's been kind of really cool as an alum to see that the program is still there, it's still growing, um, and that students are using it, which was ultimately my goal was that students would use it and it would be one of those things where they would look back and be able to say, like, the university was there for me and they were able to help me. Um, and so that's a little bit about the Carolina closet. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing when I think about the, the impact. And I think we've talked a lot about impact today, but, you know, even just the impact that that selfless act has and how you've turned it into something. And I'm, I'm curious as to what that, what that was like in that moment, where was the spark to say, you know, or, or how, as you're moving towards this and maybe coming up against barriers, how did you continue to, to, to sort of push forward and, and have what you created with Carolina Closet then turn into something that's, that's still benefiting students. Yeah, I think um, when it comes to leadership for me, um, it means like doing extraordinary things in ordinary circumstances. Um, I think oftentimes we have this very grandiose notion of what it means to be a leader, that you have to be this exceptional human being that 
has all these like God-given talents. And I don't think that's true. And I think that does us a great disservice when we start framing leadership in that way. I think leadership is like when you see a problem or you see someone struggling or you see a way you can help and you choose in that moment to be the force to help and that you don't give up. Um, I know oftentimes helping someone, usually you're, tra- you're doing a little trade-off because usually it's like out of time convenience, out of resource convenience um, for yourself for the greater good of someone else. Um, but I think when you start thinking of that one small act or maybe a continued, a continued effort to small acts can really make a big difference, um, it becomes hard to give up, if that makes sense. Um, and so I think even no matter what theory or no matter how many times I heard no, I just knew at the end of the day that this dream, this little project, this brainchild that I have or had with like a lot of my other colleagues was going to make a huge difference in people's lives. It was going to be that moment, um, that lollipop moment, if you will, where people would look back and be like, you know, in that one moment where I really needed help, there was something there that helped me and really made all the difference. Absolutely. And to that point, uh, we're all here today in order to promote the One Creed, One Carolina campaign. And so for you and all of your experiences that you have done, um, if you would like to attest to, I know you mentioned how you work constantly in order to um, create the resource that is the Carolina Closet, which is still going even through this pandemic right now. So I'm ready to make sure that you knew that but also just the importance of amplifying the programs that directly impact um, marginalized communities, whether this One Creed, One Carolina is just one of many campaigns that should be sparked, whether it's through funds or even through action and amplifying them to see if these programs can get the most resources available. But for you, how important it is, um, can you speak about how important it is to amplify um, programs that are um, benefited through the One Creed, One Carolina campaign? I think it's incredibly important. I think as an alum now, like my focus for the university has kind of shifted in a sense. Like I'm more invested in ways the university supports students in pursuing their career goals. Um, rather that is through programs like the Carolina Closet, or maybe that's like the university actually investing in housing resources in larger cities so students can get those opportunities. Um, so that's one thing like, I guess, from being a student to being an alum now is kind of where I would love to see the university focus more. And I think programs that support that goal are invaluable. And it's kind of our duty um, as alums and as students. Um, I, I kind of put a caveat with students um, because I understand like you're still in school and um, you don't have income, but particularly as alumni, as community stakeholders, as Gamecock fans, that we have to do our best to support what the university's mission is. And that is to graduate excellent students in the state and make sure that they are successful for the rest of their lives. And, and Lindsay, I'm curious as to how, I mean, you, and you talked about it, and one of the, one of the common themes of, of, of student leadership as sort of pre-professional training, but I'm curious as to, as you think about some of the, the things that you do now, uh, and you talked a little bit about the team aspect of it, what else, when you think about, you know, what your professional life looks like now has been sort of informed and impacted by the, the time you spent uh, in, in undergrad as a student leader and as a Gamecock? So I think um, my professional life has definitely been shaped by curiosity, which I think I learned a lot when I was at the university to constantly be curious and always ask questions. Um, I found that my, at least my style of leadership when I was there wasn't always the loudest. 
but I was always curious. I always had a lot of questions, and I found that when you kind of got to know more about the story, um, people became more invested, and you've got to understand, like, what really drives people's decisions so you can better influence them, um, and that's something I've carried on in my career is to always be curious, to always kind of go in it with it with the state of mind that I probably don't know nearly as much as I need to, and it's my duty to really figure it out. Um, and so um, even as, like, a lawyer currently, I'm usually always just trying to dig a little bit deeper just to make sure I understand. And I think from a broad perspective, I think our culture, our society would be a lot better if we adopted, like, a mindset of curiosity, a mindset of willing to constantly learn. Um, because oftentimes I find the things that I disagree with, the things that I am usually vehemently against, I usually don't quite understand them enough to be able to accept them. That's amazing insight. But I know we only have three more minutes, and I'm so sorry for um, the link not being able to work on your end, but your words still were very impactful um, to not only just Julian and I, but also all many of the viewers. But before you leave, we've been asking all of our guests just to amplify the One Create One Carolina campaign. I know you spoke to how important it is um, that we amplify campaigns that benefit or help programs that benefit Black students. And so if you could continue to share it on your social networks and if you have the funds, if you're willing to donate, um, anything and everything counts. And so I was telling even students, I know some students and I have challenges of like just a dollar. And you know, if that's what we can give, that is what we can give. But we just encourage any and everyone to contribute and however that may look. Absolutely. I definitely plan on making my donation personally, like directly after this, but um, continuing to ask everyone on this call, like every little dime counts. Um, a quick story to illustrate that. Um, very, I've seen like companies like really acquire a lot of equity very fast and very small donations and very small investments. So $1 can actually turn into millions or even billions of dollars when collectively aggregated. So never discount like your donation, no matter how small or how big. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Lindsay. And it's always nice to talk to a fellow JD and uh, excited to learn more, a little more about uh, U of SC law and meet some folks there. You guys got just got a new Dean. Um, so that, that should be awesome. So uh, glad, to, glad to meet you and glad you were able to spend some time with us today. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. As always, I'm feel free to reach out if there's any questions or any way I can ever be of assistance. And if you're in New York, please say hi. Will do. Will do. Have to. Next time I'm in New York, I'm definitely reaching out so we can have dinner again. <laughs> yes, I have some really good recommendations for your next trip, so I cannot wait. <laughs> cannot wait. Well, thank you so, so much, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. No problem. You guys too. Good luck with the campaign. Thank you. Thanks, thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.